destroying the media lies, and dismantling the narratives, one story at a time. It's the Adrian Slade Show Quick Rant. I have a question to present to the desk for the uh, House Manager Schiff and for the President's Counsel. The presiding officer declines to read the question as submitted. As you may have noticed, we had something slightly atypical downstairs. I asked a question, and the question was refused. Now, it's been reported that this question is about this or about that, and it's been refused for one reason or another. I can tell you that my question made no reference to any whistleblower or any kind of uh, person, a, a complainant from a whistleblower. I think it was an incorrect finding to not allow a question that makes no reference. The whistleblower laws, though, they protect the whistleblower. You know it's illegal to out a whistleblower. Actually, you see, you got that wrong, too. No, I mean, we, don't. we used to work on the facts. Here's the thing, yes. The whistleblower statute protects the whistleblower from having his name revealed by the inspector general. Even the New York Times admits that no one else is under any legal obligation. The other point, and you need to be very careful if you really are interested in the news, is that the whistleblower actually is a material witness completely separate from being the whistleblower because he worked for Joe Biden. He worked for Joe Biden at the same time Hunter Biden was receiving $50,000 a month. So the investigation into the corruption of Hunter Biden involves this uh, whistleblower because he was there at the time. Did he bring up the conflict of interest? Was there discussion of this? What was his involvement with the relationship between Joe Biden and the prosecutor? There's a lot of questions that the whistleblower needs to answer. That's Rand Paul talking about Eric Charmella, the whistleblower. Now, the funny thing about that clip, you heard Chief Justice Roberts deny the question that Senator Rand Paul wanted to field, and Rand Paul followed it up by saying, I didn't even have his name listed in the question. And of course, he talks about his justification for being able to talk about Mr. Charamella and how the whistleblower rules don't really apply to senators and private citizens. So who is Eric Charamella? I'm Adrian Slade. Thanks for tuning in. Eric Charamella is, this is from Paul Sperry, a class of 2004 Connecticut prep student. He later moved on to Yale and then he went to the White House. Now, he could be at the center of an impeachment storm. More than two months after the official filed his complaint, pretty much that's all that's known publicly about him is that he's a CIA analyst who at one point was detailed uh, to the White House and is now back working at the CIA. But the name of the government official fitting the description, Eric Charmella, has been raised privately in impeachment depositions, according to officials, with direct knowledge of the proceedings, as well as at least one open hearing held by the House committee not involved in the impeachment inquiry. Fearing their anonymous witness could be exposed, the Democrats this week blocked Republicans from asking more questions about him and intend to redact his name from the deposition transcripts. Real Clear Investigations is disclosing the name because of the public's interest in learning details of an effort to move to remove a sitting president from office. So here's the thing. This guy has a pretty interesting background. They reveal that the 33-year-old Charamella, a registered Democrat, held over from the Obama White House, had previously worked with former Vice President Joe Biden and former CIA Director John Brennan, a vocal critic of Trump who helped initiate the Russian collusion investigation of Trump's campaign during the 2016 election. Joe Biden invited uh, Eric Charamella to a state luncheon with, Ita with the Italian premier. Also, 
Brennan was invited, so was Comey, and so was Clapper. Now, Cherimella left his National Security Council posting in the White House West Wing in mid-2017 amid concerns about negative leaks to the media. He has since returned to the CIA. Now, one can't go too far into Charamella without running into Victoria Newland. Now, who is Victoria Newland? Well, she was the assistant deputy uh, of the Secretary of, of the State Department, Assistant Secretary of State for European F Affairs, Victoria Newland was the mastermind behind the February 22nd, 2014 regime change in the Ukraine, plotting to overthrow the democratically elected government of President Viktor Yanukovych, who was the guy who Paul Manafort was working with. Hmm, that's odd. Now, she did this while convincing the U.S. media that the coup wasn't really a coup, but a victory for democracy. And to sell this regime change to the American people, um, the coup makers had to systematically airbrush, particularly the key role of neo-Nazi and other ultra-nationalists from a group called the Right Sector. For the U.S. organized propaganda campaign to work, the coup makers had to wear white hats, not brown shirts. It wasn't until July 7th, of 2017 that the New York Times admitted the importance of the neo-Nazis and the ultra-nationalists in waging war against ethnic Russian rebels in the East. The Times also reported that these far-right uh, forces had been joined by Islamic militants. This was actually 2014, not 2017. My, my bad. Some of those jihadists have been called brothers of the hyper-brutal Islamic State. Victoria Newland's husband is Robert Kagan. Who is he? Well, he had co-founded the Project for the New American Century in 1988 around a demand for regime change in Iraq, a project that was accomplished in 2003 with President George W. Bush's invasion. He was also a Brookings Institute senior fellow. Gosh, we talked about both of those things. Back when we did our Syria expose, back four years ago or so, uh, we did a two-part series on Syria, and we talked about the project for the new American century. Who else was on that? Oh, Bill Crystal. Yeah, the neocon himself was a part of this organization. They were responsible for regime change in uh, Iraq. We played the clip of uh, uh, General uh, Wesley Clark, who said that there was a, a plan to topple five different countries. And in doing so, they would try to reshape the Middle East and parts of North Africa. And it looks to be that maybe they just tried to do this in the Ukraine. I don't know. Now, the project for the American century ceased to function in 2006, and it was replaced by a new think tank called Foreign Policy Initiative, which was co-founded by Crystal and Kagan in 2009, and it was dissolved in 2017. Now, everything that we're talking about with Ukraine happened in 2014. The Ukrainian uh, Holocaust, the Ukrainian coup in Ukraine, Victoria Nuland and her neocon and liberal interventionist friends saw the chance to poke Putin in the eye by encouraging violent protests to overthrow Russia-friendly President Yanukovych and put in place a new regime hostile to Moscow. Carl Gershman, a president of the U.S. taxpayer-funded National Endowment for Democracy, explained 
a the plan in a post-op ed on September 26, 2013. He called Ukraine the greatest prize and an important interim step towards toppling Putin, who, quote, may find himself on the losing end, not just in the near abroad, but within Russia itself. For her part, Newland passed out cookies. Remember that video of Victoria Newland passing out cookies to the anti-Yanukovych demonstrators at Madison Square? Well, this reminded Ukrainian business leaders that the U.S. had invested $5 billion in their European aspirations, declared F the EU, well, they actually say the word, for its less aggressive approach and discussed with U.S. Ambassador Jeffrey Pyatt who the new leaders of Ukraine should be. And there was a telephone call. The transcript was released between Pyatt and uh, Victoria Newland, where Victoria Newland said, Yats is the guy, referring to Arnisi Yatskanuk. Now, that guy's interesting, too, because he was somebody who was, after Hillary Clinton was awarded the Distinguished International Leadership Award from the Atlantic Council in 2014, this guy was under the Atlantic Council. They hosted several events with former Ukrainian Prime Minister Yunershny Yashkovich. I guess that's how you say his name. Yak. We'll just call him Yak because that's what they call him. Who took over for a pro-Russian president, Viktor Yanukovych, after he was ousted in 2014. This guy now lives in exile in Russia. Now, Ukraine's interim Prime Minister, Yats, may prove to be uh, arsenic to the beleaguered nation based on an article from Forbes. Recall the phone conversation between Ukrainian ambassador and Victoria Nuland, assistant secretary of state for European affairs that got leaked out where she basically said, we want Yats in there. They like him because he's pro-Western, says uh, Vladimir Signori, president of the boutique investment research firm Bretton Woods Research LLC in New Jersey. Yunitskovit is the kind of technocrat you want if you want austerity with the veneer of professionalism. He's the type of guy who can hobnob with the European elite, and he is a Mario Monti type, elected and willing to do the IMF's bidding. Well, it's interesting when you get into Victoria Newland and everything that happened in what's called the Ukrainian Holocaust. This is from Greg Rubini. He said, Eric Charamella was involved in much darker things than you can imagine. Joe Biden, John Brennan, Barack Obama are also in on it. And Victoria Newland. It's called the Ukrainian Holocaust. In February 2014, there was a coup d'etat in the Ukraine, a violent coup. There was a massacre in the main square of the capital of Kiev. A hundred people were killed. There were snipers at the windows of tall buildings surrounding the, st- the square, strategically placed. The snipers from the buildings shot both at protesters, both at police officers. It was a horrific massacre. A hundred people were killed by the snipers, both Ukrainian citizens, both police officers. That was the Ukrainian Holocaust. Now, the snipers were professional mercenaries. They were hired and paid to do that job. Their assigned job was to kill about a hundred people. There had been given, they had been given precise instructions. But hired and paid by whom? Why a hundred people had to be brutally killed? Because the CIA director, John Brennan, and Victoria Newland from the State Department wanted a hundred people killed. That would trigger the coup d'etat in Ukraine, which in fact happened. And who organizes those snipers in Ukraine to make this massacre? Who hired them? Who paid them? Eric Charamella. 
Now, Eric Charamella was designed, was assigned to the task by the CIA director, John Brennan. And that was while Brennan was the CIA director at the time in 2014. And Eric Charamella was and is a CIA operative. He was Brennan's CIA point man in Ukraine in 2014. He speaks fluent Ukrainian and Russian. Charamella was also the perfect guy for the job, a Brennan loyalist. Charamella has been in many times in the Ukraine, and he flew several times to Ukraine with Joe Biden. Eric Charamella is the guy responsible for the Ukrainian Holocaust, which killed 100 people. This is why the CIA protects him. It's why the CIA and deep state bureaucrats don't want Eric Charamella's name to be spoken. This is the reason for the cover-up. The cover-up also by Chief Justice John Roberts, who is compromised, blackmailed, and owned by the CIA. This is why there are gag orders not to pronounce Charamella's name. Gag orders by the CIA. The horrific truth of what Charamella did in the Ukraine cannot be revealed. Eric Charamella hired and paid the snipers and organized the Ukrainian massacre under John Brennan's orders. But who authorized Brennan to proceed with the massacre of 100 people in the Ukraine? None other than Barack Obama. Is it clear now why Adam Schiff has covered up Eric Charamella? Is it clear now why Adam Schiff did not allow Eric Charamella to testify in the impeachment hearings? This makes Adam Schiff, as a matter of fact, an accomplice of Eric Charamella and his crimes in the Ukraine. Killing 100 people is not a small crime, and 40 of them were police officers. A good question now is, will the Ukraine ask for extradition of Eric Charamella, John Brennan, Barack Obama, Victoria Nuland, Joe Biden, Hunter Biden? Imagine if a foreigner hired snipers in New York City to shoot about 100 people in Times Square. Snipers positioned in tall buildings around Times Square, shooting at people and NYPD police officers. Imagine that. This is what these guys did in the main square of the Ukrainian capital. Unbelievable. But what came out today is kind of interesting. When you find out what Lindsey Graham said, the Senate Intelligence Committee will call the Ukrainian whistleblower. Senate Intelligence Committee plans to call the whistleblower who, whose complaint was the impetus for the impeachment uh, proceedings. Lindsey Graham described how Republicans in the chamber are gearing up for the investigations on three fronts. The Senate Intelligence Committee under Richard Burr has told us that they will call the whistleblower, the South Carolina rep, uh, Republican said on Sunday Futures. I want to understand how all this crap happened, how it started. The impeachment effort began to take root with the emergence last year of a whistleblower complaint uh, raising concerns about a July phone call between Trump and the new Ukrainian president. Republicans have accused House Intelligence Committee Chairman Adam Schiff, who is now the lead in the impeachment manager, um, of being complicit with the whistleblower because the person met with a House Intelligence Committee aide seeking guidance before the filing of the complaint. Now, my thing is, I don't think that they expected Trump to have this conversation with the new Ukrainian president. I think once that began to uh, facilitate itself, the nervous ticks started shaking around and all those people that have been involved in what the State Department has been doing across the globe, which is called Civil Society 2.0, which we'll get into in a little bit, I think that their nerves kind of got shot and they had to make a last-ditch effort. So what did they do? I mean, we've been dealing with Russia for like two and a half, three years. They put it into full speed ahead on Ukraine. There was no Ukrainian collusion. But because of what was happening in the Ukraine with the State Department causing a coup, Joe Biden, Burisma, 
Hunter Biden profiting off of Ukrainian energy, being at the board, head of a board of a company that he doesn't even know Ukrainian, he doesn't even know Russian, he doesn't even know energy. And he's paid, what, 50000 was it 85000 a month? He's sitting on the board. The guy was just doing blow in a Hertz rental car on his, and kicked out of the Navy, but yet now he's at the head. He's the CEO of, a, of an energy firm from Ukraine that Joe Biden said, well, we got rid of the prosecutor who was looking into him, and we said, hey, you better get rid of that guy, or we're not going to give you the aid. Everything they're accusing Trump of doing, that's what they were doing. And the bigger picture is, is Trump going to uncover all this? Because it looks like he might. And if they bring Eric Charamella in, who knows where it goes from there. But the whole reason that they jumped it into hyperspace, hyperdrive, and pushed for Trump to be impeached because they're hoping for removal, maybe they can coax some senators into this, was all centered on Trump knowing what the State Department has been doing, what they did in Syria, what they did in the Ukraine, what they most likely did in Egypt with the Arab Spring. All of this was facilitated by the State Department under Hillary Clinton, under John Kerry. And there was probably, because both parties are involved, there was probably a lot of this happening under George W. Bush, George H. Bush, and maybe even President Bill Clinton. I'm Adrian Slade. I appreciate you tuning into the show. Check out the podcast, iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, iHeart Podcast, TuneIn, Podbean, Overcast, anywhere podcasts are hosted, you can get the uh, free Adrian Slade Show podcast. Be sure to rate it. Give it a five-star rating if you can. That helps bring it up in the ranks. You can also check out the blog, adriansladeshow.com. Also, follow me on Twitter, at Adrian Slade Show or at Rants Out Loud. You can also find me on other social media platforms, Facebook, Gab, Parler, also on Snippy and Convo. Search Adrian Slade. You could also donate to the show, patreon.com slash Adrian Slade Show, or go to anchor.fm and donate. We'll see you guys next time.